Welcome to Lucy Lumen's podcast adventure. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So it's been a little while since I've done an interview. We've had some sickness in the Lumen household, unfortunately. Nothing too serious, but we are getting back on track now with the YouTube channel and the podcast. So before we jump in today's, into today's interview, I wanted to just let you know that the new talk show that Matt Murray and I have started on YouTube, The Analog Hour, is now also available on his podcast, Matt Loves Cameras. So I understand that sometimes it's not easy to listen to long form content on YouTube. It sort of ties up your device a little bit. So for those people who would prefer it in podcast format, you can now get that over on Matt Loves Cameras. So I'll link that below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Matt's amazing YouTube channel. He's doing so well and just pumping out the videos. So go over, give him a sub, a like and a comment. Today's guest is the amazing M Jensen, who is an elopement photographer in Melbourne, Australia. M shoots only on film and she caters to a different niche in the wedding space. And I just love how she has just come along and brought something totally different to what can sometimes be quite a boxed in and repetitive genre of photography. M Jensen doesn't stop there though. She has an impressive portfolio of personal work that's really unique and showcases Australia in a way that we don't always see portrayed. The more we spoke in this interview, the more I found we had in common in terms of our non-tech approach to photography and just her urge to sort of do her own thing really resonated with me. So you can find all of M's work in the show notes below. Her website, if you'd like to get a feel for her style and are interested in booking her or pop over to her Instagram and just say hi. She's so lovely. Uh, Em also runs a wedding expo. Um, She's just just done um, one recently, but be sure to keep an eye out for the next one and follow Love Cats Expo on socials. I will link that below as well so you can check it out. It's super awesome and looks like so much fun. Um, you can read M's articles and see her um, work in this month's issue of Frankie Magazine. You can grab that online or support your local uh, bookstore and grab a copy from there. I will link all of that below. Uh, let's get into today's chat with M. How are you, M? I'm great. How are you, Lucy? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about how we're um, feeling a bit cold and a bit sort of uh, haggard, did we say? We're like, we're haggard just. Haggard and yep. a little burnt out. <laughs> yeah. Just holding it together. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, there's a bit of sickness going around at the moment and we've had to kind of chop and change our schedule a few times um, to get this convo Absolutely. happening. But um, thank you so much for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, I thank wanted you for to... having me on. Yeah, no, yeah. Like... Oh, no, I'm so excited. Um, I wanted to start with the article that you wrote recently for Frankie Magazine, which congratulations. Yeah. That is Thank you. so exciting. I love Frankie, so I'm very, very oh my God. about it. Same. Yeah, I've been buying Frankie Magazine for like so many years now and I have Same. I have like an old, I think it's from like 2010, it's like a photo album. Like they used to do those books, like an annual photo album. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I have one so um, cool. on my bookshelf and my, my mom found it and she gave it to me and she's like, Oh, I think this is yours. And I was like, Oh wow. That would have been one of the first kind of photography things I consumed, like where I was like totally. looking at different styles and some of the stuff looked like it was shot on film. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel the same. I think it is the first time I kind of saw 
a slightly more, especially in terms of alternative fashion photography, Frankie would have been, I haven't really thought about that before, but it would have been the first place that I've discovered that, which is really cool. Mm. And they used to have like little guides. I've got this one that I've kept and framed and it's guides to like getting into photography and it's like different topics to go out and photograph and like photo trips and things. And I always found those really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always awesome. Do those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, there was always like so many little gems in Frankie magazine. So um, yeah, yeah, so awesome that you're, I love when things come full circle like that. And now you've like written an article and you've been featured in there before. So that's like, that's so epic. Totally. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. It's definitely a bucket list thing for me. I've always wanted to be in there. So I'm doing yeah. Good. Yeah. Awesome. And that kind of ties in nicely with the article that you wrote for them as well, um, titled It's Time to Put Your Work Out There. So to give the audience a little bit of context, um, I think I did message, I did message you. Um, I was sitting in the library and I was kind of feeling a bit sort of like, oh, I don't know which way to go or what to do with my work or like I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But I I feel like there's so many things I want to do, but I'm just not like ready yet or, you know, I don't have this yet or this isn't in place yet. And I was like feeling in that mindset. And then I hopped on and I looked on like Frankie Magazine like online and I saw your article and I was like, oh, cool. And then I recognized your name from... Hashem's video that he did yeah. on you a little while ago now. And I was like, oh, there's yeah. that girl. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to gonna read this. And um, like when I finished reading it, I was like, I have to get in touch with you and get you like on the podcast, um, like hopefully, and just connect with yeah. you because it really, like I love when you read something and it really resonates with you, you know, when you like so instantly. Glad yeah. yeah. I think as well as creators, we're perfectionists. So we really often do feel like, oh, I'm not, it's, it's not ready. It's not perfect, but it's often just never going to be, I mean, it's not like, it just can't ever be fully perfect. Totally. So, um, and that's only something I've learned recently for sure as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of creatives and especially like photographers are perfectionists um, for sure. They Absolutely. seem to sort of be very like linked. Um, but I wanted yeah. to read um, a paragraph out from your article um, on the podcast here and I'll link it below so people can go and like read the the whole thing. Um, but you've said here for so many years as an, as an, as an aspiring photographer, I was too scared to show my work to anyone I thought of as important in the creative world. I had lists of galleries I'd love to exhibit at and magazines I'd like to be published in. I didn't touch that list for a long time out of fear of my work wasn't good enough that I wasn't ready. And ultimately out of fear of rejection. I felt that if they saw my work too early in my career before I became some flawless, amazing photographer, they'd never want to hear from me again. Imposter syndrome is an artist, as an artist really does continue to hold us back until eventually we decide, even if we really are an imposter, I highly doubt it, to just do something anyway. And I think like this, like this paragraph. That in felt so strange hearing it being yeah. read back. I'm sorry. I bet, I bet <laughs> it would. Yeah, yeah, I bet it would for sure. Yeah, and it's always nerve-wracking when you read like your writing or someone else's writing, like you read aloud. Like I always think of like school, yeah. you know, when they ask you to read aloud. Um, but I just had to read it out because I think it's like such a powerful like paragraph and um, I, like that just totally, like I just feel that so much and I feel like for so long I have held on to everything I've like created or done and yeah. been like, oh, I have to wait or I've always thought that the people that were getting opportunities that they like somehow that they'd, they'd come to them you know like they hadn't gone out and and totally. you know like looked for them because we do this is the thing like in our in the creative world there's often not not a lot of guides or people to tell there's no there's no set path like it's not like 
in a regular job where you get a promotion or you get told this is this is how you move on to the next thing like we don't have a way of working it out so I think a lot of us do for a long time just think we just wait for opportunities like for someone to come along and be like hey here's your promotion like write totally. for this thing or take a photo for this thing but we have to do it ourselves so no one yeah. tells you that yeah that's so true yeah I really feel that and like it's like particularly um, in this article, like you go on to say that you then like sat down and you were like, okay, I have this list. I'm just going to like smash everyone on this list with like what I'm doing and like put myself yeah. out there. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And like, when I finished reading it, I wrote like a list of my own and like, I've been oh, like cool. chipping away at it, you know, and like thinking have like, you? Oh, I need to, yeah, yeah. Like, I think like mine are different to yours. Cause we're sort of, you know, mine's more like, um, like goals with like my YouTube videos and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Like getting in touch with people because I'm always looking around me and I'm like, oh, how did that person get to that place? Or like, how did they make that happen? So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm going to take your advice. And yeah, I think like I'm a really big believer in like putting yourself out there and like you get like totally. you get what you put out there, you know, like if you're putting yeah, yourself it out comes there. Back to you, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. So I really loved, um, I loved that article. Um, how did you feel when like you didn't hear back from people or you know, you, you like, were you feeling really like vulnerable, like every time you reached out or have you found that it got like easier as you sort of went along? So the first time when I did it was in lockdown last year and I'd had a wine. So I was like, you know what? I'm ready. Like, I'm just going to send everyone an email. <laughs> and I sent even the, even ridiculous things like Vogue, like it was never, it wasn't even suited to Vogue, but I was like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and when I heard anything back, because it was only in the big group of emails going out, if I heard anything, I was just stoked every time because I wasn't expecting anything. And then a lot of the people that didn't reach out afterwards, I was like, actually, you know what? This isn't the the thing for them. Like this may be something else that I do is going to be more aligned to it, but it's good that it didn't work out because I'm going to make something later that can appeal to that audience instead. But they were all opportunities that really fit with what I was doing and wanting to do and the work I was pushing. So, yeah, I mean... I think if you start with like a little bit of not, I guess, just like expecting that you're not going to hear anything back. Like you don't want to be too harsh on yourself, but if you just yeah, yeah. don't, yeah, do it as an experiment where you just feel good because you're like, I'm just going to tell people about it. And then they know, like, it doesn't matter if they want to look further into it or they want to exhibit it or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was just stoked. I, I didn't feel any like, oh, I wish that person got back to me. I was just like, I can't believe anyone did. Yeah, totally. And I think I like what you say where like the people that didn't get back to you in hindsight, you were like, oh, yeah, like we weren't really a good fit or, or you know, like I I get why you didn't get back to me because especially with art and stuff like that or like certain publications are going to have like an aesthetic that they follow and all that sort of stuff. So whilst you might like them, it's like what you do might not suit them and it can be a case of that so I think it all kind of comes out in the wash like what you what ended up coming back to you was what what did suit you and but you did the experiment anyway by like kind of like sowing your seed like just being like hey here I am (laughs) absolutely and like I didn't know at the time that they probably wasn't the most suitable place for me to um try and put my work but um it was I'm glad that I still sent everyone because like even even people who didn't get back to me and didn't want to like they at least have read an email from me and they've heard me heard of mm, me now like they mm-hmm. know so next time I approach them so it doesn't even matter if they're maybe not the perfect people for the mm. project like 
it's good to have them quite aligned because then you're going to have a good hit rate. People are going to get back to you because it, it makes sense. But I also just think if people start hearing your name enough, they're going to just, I mean, more opportunity is going to come your way because they're going to be like, I don't know, that sounds familiar. Totally. That's so true. And I think like taking every opportunity is a really good piece of advice to give people too. Like if you think about like, you know, even me finding out about you, it's like I saw that video of Hashem's like that was a while ago, you know, and then I found this yeah. article and I was like, oh, I recognize that, you know, I'd seen him talk about like your zine, like Sheila's before, like, you know, so you, sometimes you think like, um, oh, like what's the point of doing that or you know, like that's not totally. nothing's going to come of that. But I feel like, you know, and it might not even be like, you know, employment necessarily or anything like that, but it might be like a connection yeah. with someone, you know. Yeah, even just, just another on a, opportunity somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or like make a friend or like just heaps of like doors can open so many ways. So I think, yeah, and your article just, just has such a positive like, I was like, I just felt so good when I, after I read it and like when my partner came home, I was like, oh my God, like I made him read it. And I was like, oh, just like love. Love oh, I love message. that so much. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, have you found that like since you, like we were saying, you were kind of submitting your work sort of, you know, everywhere and anywhere and then you realised, okay, like these are the places that really align with me. Do you feel like now yeah. you know where to go more with your work? Somewhat, but I also feel like it depends on the project. So like this specific I mean, obviously it was a very niche photography series um, that only really fit into certain publications. But I think if I were doing a different project, I could almost go to completely the other list of people who never applied and it might fit with that. It's like more project-based than me-based, I feel like. Yes. Yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to move on from the article and talk a little bit about you what you do for your like day job, I guess you are a wedding yeah. photographer, elopement photographer. Um, you were just telling yeah. me about, um, you know, a shoot that you were doing, um, earlier today, but I've been listening to you on a few different podcasts and you say that you only shoot on film. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So just elopements and just on two rolls of film. Yeah. So it's all very small and limited. That's- yeah, that's when I heard that I was like, like you, you were saying this on a different podcast. I think it might have been with like maybe Jai Long, and um, yeah. yeah, you were saying, oh, I only shoot just the two rolls of film, and I was like, oh wow, yeah. like I mean, I don't really know much about elopements or wedding like photography, like that whole space is is quite yeah. like Hashem and and Sarah and you know like of what normal people would know, but like I don't know a lot about that industry, but I assume yeah. that you know it's a lot of photos. You know, it's every moment you're going to be like, you know, really capturing every single thing that's going on. So you've got like more to work with because it's like the one day. Totally. And yeah, it's like you don't want to miss anything. And it's so special that, yeah, you'd rather go overboard than under. But what I kind of, and I did start doing that when I got into wedding photography a few years ago, I was doing that. I was shooting digital with film on the side and I would be taking thousands of photos and then culling them down to maybe like a few hundred that would get delivered. Mm. Um, And then after a while, I kind of just actually in lockdown, I think I was just thinking about my business and I was like, I just feel like I would be overwhelmed if I were to be delivered hundreds of photos and I Mm. had to sift through to find the ones I really loved. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, any time you have photos done, you kind of, there's maybe like two that you hang on to. Um, So it's like, it just, it felt like overkill and I was like, also, I don't enjoy it's it's tiring to be spending so long going through these hundreds of photos 
and it's just a little bit less exciting. And so I tried um, a wedding of some friends who, well, they eloped and I just shot on Polaroid and film. And I just like all of the photos were winners. Like there weren't any, I didn't have to cull anything. It was just like, I was so much more focused on the moment and like then moving on. Like I'm not going to make them stand there for 10 minutes and, and try and get the same shot. It's like you just see the one thing, you get one photo of it and then I move on and there's mm-hmm. no extra just fluff around it for the sake of having all the fluff. Like it just to me didn't make sense. And I, I mean I can see why it does for a lot of people but personally I was like the idea of going through hundreds of photos makes me feel anxious. So I, I don't oh. know if I want to be projecting that onto my couples. Definitely. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Um, I think people do it as like, people think they want that as like a security thing and yeah. also for the photographer as well. Like, you know, yeah. obviously shooting digital, then you can see it straight away so you can check and then you can get as many photos as you need. And then you can, you know, um, like sift through, totally. like you say, it's like a security thing, but in the end, like it kind of, it's kind of like counterintuitive. Like it doesn't really get the most out of the day or give the most to like the, the, the client. Cause then, yeah, like you're putting it on them to then have to like go through and find the ones they like the most. Yeah. And we all know that we do that. Like whenever we have uh, family things, my partner will um, normally have a digital camera. Cause like with kids, like they move around so much. So it's just easier to just, For you sure. know, um, and then there'll be so many photos of like a birthday or Christmas. And then you're like going through them. Oh, this one's really nice, but this one's kind of nice. And like this, oh, but like this looks good. And then you are like having choice paralysis trying to decide. So having Absolutely. it narrowed down like that makes it more special too. Like it kind of works with the day, you know? It does. Yeah. It, it just kind of simplifies things. And um, yeah, you, you don't have to make any decisions really. It's just you just get whatever comes out of the camera, Um, Mm. which I think as well, I mean, the wedding industry in a lot of ways is one of the more traditional, less progressive industries Yeah, for creatives. Mm. Um, So there was kind of a lot in there when I started doing it, like you just do it because everyone does that. And I think sometimes couples maybe even see it in, I mean, they don't know about what they haven't gotten, gotten married before a lot of them. So they don't really know. They just, they, people, their friends are like, we've got hundreds of photos. So they just like, we'll get hundreds of photos as well. Like no one knows there's other alternatives. And I didn't when I started out either. And then I was just like, I don't know. I feel like there has to be like, let's just come up with something else. Mm. Maybe no one will want it. Maybe it's a personal thing, but it's been really good because I think, especially with elopements and people who are choosing to elope and have smaller weddings, they want a low key day and they don't want to feel like there's a camera in their face for hours and hours yeah. and hundreds of photos. Like, it's mm. just not their vibe. So it's it's nice having a different offering that fits their their niche. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It feels like you're catering to like um yeah, like a, um a, probably a more like alternative like group of people or yeah, know, yeah, like people who aren't wanting that like big kind of what we think of when we think of a wedding and what we think of when we think of a wedding Definitely. photographer. Um and I think it's cool yeah. that you've like carved out that space. Um, like I, to be completely honest, like I'm not interested in wedding photography and I would never really listen to like, you know, three or four podcasts where like a wedding photographer was being interviewed, but like with you, it was so interesting, which was kind of bizarre. Cause I was like, you know, um, like I would probably be like one of your couples, like I'd want it to be super low key. Like I'm not, I'm not a, you know, um, so yeah, it was really interesting hearing you talking about like how you're like, okay, it's just two rolls of film. 
and you know it's really simple and like minimal yeah and then like the kind of couples that you're like catering for that's really appealing to them so it's cool that you've seen a demand for something or like you you've thought oh hey I that's what I would want maybe there's other people out there that would want that like it's not there so I'll create it like I love that it's so like innovative yeah like I think kind of not having any experience in the industry and coming into it not knowing anything really helped with that like always as soon as you break into a new industry and you're like oh can I is that not allowed am I not supposed to do it that way like yes before you have that yep you could just come up with anything and that's the best time to like find the niche or just do something differently where it should have been being done differently this whole time but no one's questioned it because everyone's been in it for so long totally I love that so much I think you've like hit the nail on the head there with like a lot of the time like that's yeah the best way to be is like you don't know so you're just doing what you think is what you should do like kind of like yeah a lot of my style in my photography comes from like still to this day is like from when I started and I didn't know what I was doing so I was like doing things that yeah. are technically like wrong like shooting at like midday you know and everyone's like oh no I want to shoot it like yeah. you know, in the morning or like in you know and I still do that now because it creates this like look that I like and that's like my look yeah but it came from me not knowing what I was doing totally and, I, and, and that's like, your edge yeah yeah that's, yeah that's my edge so I love that that you that you say like yeah it's like good that you didn't know because if you'd have like researched and done a course or like you knew heaps and you'd be a lot more apprehensive to like make that move of being like hey yeah. I'm gonna like totally just break the rules here with or like do something really out of the ordinary so that's um yeah whereas cool. I just didn't even know I was breaking yeah. the rules so I was like <laughs> Isn't everyone like, doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, do you, a lot of your couples um know about like film as a medium? Like, are they like, oh, film, is that like something that they ha- you have to explain to them? A lot of the time, probably half, maybe slightly more than half of the couples know about film and might shoot okay. a little bit of film themselves. A lot of the time my couples are creatives um Mm -hmm. so they're aware of it and they book because of specifically of the film but sometimes people book because they just want cute um elopement photos Mm -hmm. that are a bit different and they just see film as being a bit different and then I kind of have to explain why things are the way they are like why we can't take 10 photos of similar similar things because it's it's like literally I've only got 24 pieces of like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like that's it. Yeah. On a sheet, I guess. Like, yeah, I can't, I just can't do that. Um, but everyone always has really understood and is aware that there is, a, there's obviously a slight risk with shooting film, but like something won't, like, will expose wrong or, you know, like light mm-hmm. will hit something or whatever. Okay. Um, but I've got a lot of backup things to make sure that doesn't happen. But so, so everyone's pretty, yeah, pretty fine with it. Like, they at least by the end, I think, have a bit more of a knowledge of what what the deal is when you're booking a film wedding photographer, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, yeah, because I know that film photography is, in general, is quite sort of on the on the up, like it's on the rise. Um, so is, I was wondering yeah. if, if people are like, oh, cool, film photography, and then they're like, oh, how cool would it be to have, like, my wedding photos on film, like, because it makes it totally. more nostalgic, like, because film is, like, it looks so nostalgic sure. and... And like you're you're creating like one of the most important memories. So um yeah, like looking back on on your wedding photos shot on film is like, you know, I can't think of anything better. Yeah, I think I mean, yeah, I think it definitely a lot of them play with film cameras and have an idea about it for sure. And they are, that is what they're thinking. And also like 
it, it looks like their wedding, their um, parents' wedding photos yeah. or their grandparents' wedding photos and that's kind yep. of a vibe. Like Totally, yeah. Yeah, definitely. it's definitely a nostalgic like family tradition kind of thing. Um, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It's so cool. Um, like I interviewed uh, um, Hashem's girlfriend, Sarah, um, on the podcast yeah. and we talked a little bit about weddings and I was saying to her like, you know, being part of somebody's day like that is so like special, like that's so special and like so intimate, like um, photography Absolutely. is so vast. Like what I do is so like disconnect. Like I never, I don't take photos of people ever. I just take photos of things I see around and like inanimate right. objects and stuff. Like it's very disconnected from, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and then it's so yeah. different to like what you're doing or like what like Hash and Sarah do, like where you're literally there at like the most important um time in someone's life or like I've been looking at a lot of family photographers on Instagram as well lately who shoot film and you know they're getting yeah. like these really really beautiful shots of like babies or or like you know the newborn phase or like pregnancy like all these times and I think you're like what you yeah. say about looking back at our parents like that's really hitting that nostalgia thing as well like when I look at my photos when I was like little they're all on film and now I'm taking photos of my totally. like, son and they're on film, even though like we could easily be shooting digital. And I look at them and I think they just look instantly more nostalgic, like because they're shot on film. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's really, really there's cool. There's just something, there's something, I don't know, about film that has like, I, I just have, there's like more, I feel more emotional looking at film. Yeah. Like there's yeah. more of some kind of weird depth to me mm. in a film photo because of the process, I think, and because of, the limitations of film um it's just like yeah like we were saying before you don't see like three really similar photos it's just the one and you've got nothing to compare it to so it is perfect yeah like it's just yeah 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 definitely it's like or it's like perfectly imperfect because it's like the only one or there's yeah, something but about like it you would never know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah definitely yeah it's really it's really nice. cool um so can you tell us a little bit about your wedding expo m um called love cats i don't really know much about like wedding yeah. expos but i looked on the instagram and how did you talk about it <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like super cool like i was like i want to like go or like i want to get married to get involved totally. in like all the things that you're doing because like they look so fun and cool and not like what i associate with weddings because i'm not i would like hate yeah. to have like the big you know wedding thing like as in For a traditional sure. way like that's not me at all so if I was going to do it I'm yeah, like this is that. totally the vibe that I would want and like you were just speaking to me so much with like the website and everything I was looking at like the name um is really yeah. cool too so so yeah can you tell us a little bit about it for sure so love cats was kind of similar to what we were saying before it was like I didn't realize I actually was listening to a Jai Long podcast and he was talking about how he started an expo and I had no money in my bank account and had to pay my rent. So I was like, I'm going to like just send an email to people and see if they want to join my expo. Like within an hour of hearing his podcast, I had no plans. And I was like, wow. it's a hundred dollars or whatever to join my expo, sent emails to a few people, like didn't even have a location, like nothing. <gasps> and 12 people replied, which covered my rent <laughs> for the next day. So it was just like some crazy, but I was like, had no idea. I've ne I still have never been to a wedding expo. Like I literally had no idea what happened, but I was at, at wedding expos, but I was just like, um, I'd run a few like little gigs and like festivals before. And I kind of knew about that 
side of event mm-hmm. production a little mm-hmm. bit more. And so coming into it, I was like, we'll just like do a thing in a bar and everyone can just like, we'll get some photo booths and some bands and people can just have some drinks and hang out and like meet people mm-hmm. really. Um, so it's very, it was very make it up as I went. It was very DIY. We've had two now. Our second one was last weekend, um, which was amazing and so much fun. Um, but it's just, it's, it's really great. There's most of the vendors have never been involved in other expos because we're not like, I'm not an expert. I can't stand there for eight hours and talk about myself and, and, and be enthusiastic and like, like I've, I'm easily tired and exhausted socially. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of nice because it's, it's less of a salesy exercise. Like it's, yeah. it's people are there just to meet other people. Yeah. Like it's, you're not there trying to book people on the spot or whatever like you're just there because a lot of people don't know kind of like you said that Mm. this whole alternative wedding scene exists and so they just come to get an understanding of what they could do that's different and it's just it's really fun it's been great it's a lot of planning and a lot of work but I love it yeah oh it sounds really fun but I can imagine it would be a lot of work on the back end like getting it happening and all of that but then when you see it totally come to life and you know um people like showing up and all that sort of stuff I imagine it's um like very very worth it and so cool again that you just were like yeah. I'm gonna just have an expo I don't even know what like I love that so much it's so I love hearing stories like that because it just debunks like the whole you need to know this or these are the steps that you need to follow to do this or get yeah job or like I hate that like I always read that stuff and then it puts me off and I'm like oh like I always want to do things like my way like I've always been like that so hearing your story is like really inspirational for me to keep going on my path of doing it (laughs) doing it my way well also we just like learn I'm too stubborn to sit and like learn from how someone has done it before I'm impatient and I'm stubborn Mm. and I'll just be like I think I should do it this way and so that then I I kind of it works for me because otherwise I just wouldn't be absorbing anything like this Mm. way I can just be like it can be completely without rules, which is yes. nice to my head because I don't want to have to change like things. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. I love the psychology behind like our decisions and uh, what we're doing. Yeah. That's um, yeah, totally. that's awesome. Do you think that um, like one more question on the wedding thing, do you think that the sort of the landscape of wedding photography is and in the business, do you think it's changing? Like, do you see a push towards more Absolutely. alternative styles and like this less stuffy traditional kind of thing? Definitely. And I think um, a lot of people who are new to the wedding industry and have started um, in the last year or so, like celebrants and photographers have kind of realised that true. There's, there's a lot, like it's a really good niche to be in right now because especially, I mean, after COVID, when people could only elope, a lot of people now have been like actually that just sounds better like regardless Mm, of yep what's happening and it's definitely a growing niche um so I think I think it will eventually shift that way I think it will end up being a lot more maybe not elopements but definitely less traditional Mm. types of weddings and less weddingy weddings like it's it it's more of like a like a party of Mm. about love like it's not there's a lot of traditions that we don't, no one even knows why we do them anymore. And yeah. a lot of them come from kind of not great mm-hmm. places in mm-hmm. terms of like sexist traditions. Um, totally. So when people actually start thinking about that, which I think they are now more so, 
Mm. I think it's just going to keep going yeah into an alternative direction which is cool yeah very cool and such a good point I didn't even think about that I was just thinking about how I don't want to do that and it doesn't suit me but like the religious aspect like the those traditions are steeped in a lot of like you say like very kind of like sexist sort of leaning things or nobody's ever questioned like oh how come we do that like why do we why are we still doing that or like if that's important to you obviously you know, like some people want that because it means something to them. And I can understand that, but to do it just to follow along because that's what everyone else has been doing. And that's what we should do is kind of silly. I think it, yeah, it fits like a really narrow niche of like maybe before like a hundred years ago, people were a lot more religious and they Mm. were like, it was a, it was a different kind of ceremony back then, Mm. but it hasn't, it hasn't progressed as we have into like different I don't know like there's a lot more I don't know if that's even true but there's like a lot of subcultures like there's a lot of niches in society now totally and there's this one mold for it and Mm. it does not fit most of these people anymore so why do that yeah exactly yeah oh well congratulations on like everything that you're doing in that space like it's super super cool and really exciting and I think if you can make people interested in like like me like where I said to you like I'm not looking to get married you know, it's not something that's super, super important to me, but like I have been able to be fully immersed in like what you're doing in your business and like would hundred percent talk about it with people and like want to share it, even though I'm yeah. not, you know, do it, I'm not doing it at this stage, like in my life. So I think that's really powerful and really speaks for itself. It's kind of like when you watch a, um, a documentary, you know, it's a good documentary if it's something that you're not really interested in, but you still enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Like it means they yeah. you know, were able to like, you know, make a good documentary and convey like the message, even though you weren't maybe interested in the subject. So I feel like you've, yeah, that's so true. You've, you've, you've totally nailed it. Um, so I want to move on okay. from weddings. Cause I feel like I've picked, I've picked your brain uh, enough about that. Um, and I will leave a link to everything in the show notes that you do. If anybody wants to get in touch um, with you awesome. and we'll just have a look at like all the awesome things that you do. Um, so I wanted to move on to uh, talking a, bit, a little bit about Australia, because obviously we're both Australian um people can Uh, people can hear that um definitely (laughs) um it seems like uh Australia seems like a very prominent part of your work and like your style like your style really sort of oozes that warm like sunny Australian um feel and then also the um like some of the other work I've seen like 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 the Sheila's um series has that kind of like rawness and edge that like definitely is like apparent in rural kind of parts of Australia um, and like in the outback sort of areas, like that sort of rougher kind of, you know, um, yeah, like different to like the cities. So, um, yeah, does does Australia like sort of continue to inspire like your work? Because when I look at it, I can really feel, really feel that and really see it, whether it's the subject, like, yeah, the light or like the people or, yeah, it just seems very prominent in your work. It, it for sure is. Um, I guess I think it was kind of the reason that I went in that direction and made sure that there was a really strong focus on Australian landscapes and, and an Australian aesthetic in my work is when I started taking photos. So I started doing fashion photography kind of first and I was just seeing all these like photos in like Vegas and Palm Springs. And I was like, oh my gosh, they are so lucky. They have all these rundown motels in the desert, like dream place to take photos. And then I kind of was trying to find these places in Australia and there was no documentation on like 
cool places to go in the outback to do photo shoots because no one's really done it. Like no one's, there's so much of Australia that's probably never been photographed. Yeah. Um, yep. And then I was like, why don't I just do that? Like I'm just <laughs> going to be as excited about Australian road trips as I would be if I were doing a, like an American or European road trip and show that side. And since I've been doing that, I've been spending like a lot of time on the road. Um, I really haven't done much international travel in a long time because I've been focusing on places I can drive to because I also mm-hmm. just love a roadie. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've just found so many, so many cool places that you would never have seen, but they're so quintessentially Australian. You didn't even realize it was an Australian thing. Mm. Like just little old abandoned towns and like amazing parts of desert and outback that I didn't even know was an Australian landscape. And then now that I've seen them a few times and like seeing the quirks it's like wow this is really Aussie and I didn't even realize before that it was and I Mm. think it's a really cool thing that we should be celebrating and like everyone should go on Australia road trips because there's so many rad places to see definitely yeah I think we don't really look to our like own backyard that much like we do tend to go to like Asia or like yeah definitely like go yeah like America and Europe and we really like kind of romanticize and like idolize those places I know I do and always have done um especially America like you're saying like I've always watched like you know um like a lot of movies as like a teenager and really wanted to get away like we were talking before we were recording like I hated growing up here because I was like nothing happens there's no culture and I always wanted to be somewhere like New York or like LA yeah. or just somewhere where there was like lots of stuff going on and lots of cool things to look at. And um, I always wanted to be somewhere really like iconic like that. So yeah, I think, but I think like in saying that now that I've come back to live like on the Gold Coast, like I walk like all the time around all the suburbs here, like the beach kind of suburbs and um, all the buildings are getting like knocked down, like the old motels with like the cool signs, oh, like the so Art sad. Deco kind of signs and just like that yeah. old Gold Coast, like vintage Gold Coast kind of vibe is is like fully getting like knocked down. So I'm trying to all the time like photograph it because I, I love that. And it does look, I didn't think about it when I lived here, but it looks like now that I've been to LA, like it looks so similar to to LA. Yeah. You know? And even like the names of a lot of the streets here are like, it's kind of based on like in a real cheesy way, like on uh like LA. So um, yeah. you know, like, like, like the Gold Coast highway and like all that sort of stuff is very reminiscent of, of the place. It's really cool though, that you're kind of, it, that's the other thing. It feels like you're preserving it, right? Like, because it does. And there's so many like little country towns, even before I went to, before COVID hit and I was kind of going to regional towns around, um, rural Victoria, New South Wales a lot. So many like cool little old pubs that I went in and took photos of. And now you go back in there just mm. not being run by anyone they're just sitting there abandoned because of COVID but like I think it is important because we kind of are preserving it no one's it's not these aren't like tourist destinations really like a tiny little motel that's kind of abandoned or whatever mm. in like the, the suburbs of the Gold Coast like so no one's there to take to take photos of it and it's yeah. like it's kind of as our as, as photographers living in this yeah. area it's kind of our job I don't know <laughs> totally yeah for sure yeah it is like preserving it definitely and it's cool that you're like um yeah like really adamant on like going on these road trips and finding these places and then showing them in a different um like yeah like like showing them through your 
like lens as like an outsider, but like somebody who really appreciates it there. Cause I think a lot yeah. of those places can really be quite sort of closed off as well to people like different people kind of like, you know, coming in or whatever. So um, it's kind yeah. of like, it reminds me a little bit, some of your work reminded me of um, the, uh, she is a photographer, but she does that. Okay. Motels. Do you know Kate? Kate Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, she's a friend of mine. She's amazing. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's super cool. She's so awesome. Like when I listen to her on podcast too, I'm just like, wow, you've got so many like creative, cool ideas. And, um, I always, she is just constantly on new, new ideas. I don't know how her brain does it. And then she just follows through. She's like, I'm going to get this done. And it's incredible. Yeah. She's one of those people that she's like a real creative, like powerhouse. And then she has like, yeah, really quite big grand ideas. And then she somehow she's like, Yep. And then I made it happen because we can all say them. Like I've got heaps of them where I'm like, oh, it'd be like this and it would look like this and I've got it all planned out. But like the difference is like actually going and doing it, you know, and she's an an executor for sure. Like, yeah, she's she is. Yeah. (laughs) I think she just writes it down the next day. She's like, all right, here's what we're doing. Let's get it done. Yeah. Very proactive. But yeah, her like, um, like when she was, I listened to interviews of her talking about okay motels and like, you know, in Ballarat and like the, the places that you're talking about are very like similar to what she was talking about where, yeah, like they're kind of yeah. um, forgotten, but like the interiors of them are like so interesting because they're like lost in time, you know, like the wallpaper yeah. or the furniture and, you know, like we just don't really see those things and they will just like get left and um, eventually they won't be there anymore. Which is so, so. sad, yeah. Hmm. She does, yeah. She's, I mean, she's definitely been an inspiration to me too with, like the motels that she finds are incredible Mm. just and they're things like actually so I a couple years ago did a shoot in Nil which is on the border of South Australia and Victoria in this amazing old motel um and kind of went into town and looked at some of the old hotels and like these are pretty cool I didn't take any photos a few weeks later Kate ended up there and took all these photos from this hotel I'd been in and I was looking at them and I was like, I wouldn't have even known that that was there. I didn't even notice these things. But it's like we all have different eyes for what we're, I feel like sometimes my boyfriend says to me when we go on on trips and there's like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, look at the tiles. Like look on the light, look at the light on the tiles. And he'll be like, how do you even see that? Like, yeah, and she yeah. does it too in a different way in where different I'm like, way. well, that's not yep. what I was looking for, but mm-hmm. she's found something beautiful there, which is so cool. Yeah. That's, that's she's so really cool. good at that. Yeah. And I love yeah. that you say that like, we all, we see things and we're detail like oriented as photographers, but we see different things. I think that's why it's good to yeah. go on like photo walks with people or like take photos with other people. Cause then yeah. as you're walking, you're all like, different. yeah, like I love seeing what other people are like edging towards to take a photo of. As opposed to like yeah. me where I'm like, oh, like I know or like how long they take to take the photo. And I'm like, oh, I, I take mine really quickly because like I know what I want and me I take too. it and that's it. Um, yeah. So it's so interesting how we're all like so different. I think it's such an endless hobby to like explore and like talk about. And yeah, it's. Um, it's really cool that 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 happens. Like I feel like so many people could take a photo of the same thing and, and they would just everyone would have a different perspective and it. I mean, yeah, like it, it repeats through your work. So it just ends up forming or informing the style of your work because you're just seeing it in the same, you're not even trying to. And that's why like, there's no point trying to copy someone else. You just don't see things. We don't see things like anyone else sees things. Definitely. And that's why it never really comes off when people do sort of when something's yeah. a direct copy, like, you know, um, yeah, for like sure. you can feel when something's inspired by something or when it's just like a kind of 
someone was trying to emulate somebody else like directly. So yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool hearing you talk about Australia. Cause I, I was saying to you before, like a lot of the listeners of the podcast and um, like the YouTube channel are American or like other places overseas. And um, I do feel like Australia is kind of underrated in a lot of ways. Like people don't really know, like we have such a cool music scene here like in you're in Melbourne I used to live in Melbourne and like you know I'd see bands like every weekend and you know like there was just so many really really good bands and sometimes I'd see them like you know somewhere like the tote like upstairs you know it's real gross like and it's like oh that band's probably gonna break up in a couple of months and like you know like (laughs) and and no one will know who they are or or like know that they existed and I know that happens everywhere yeah but I it's think a very people, leafing music scene <laughs> yeah yeah but like I think people don't kind of think about Australia like that all the time like they have kind of an idea of what it's like and I think we have so much more going on than people kind of think like yeah it really is I mean the music scene here is so cool it is like there's you might see a band once, like you were saying, and then you go looking for them to see them again and they're like, they've, or they've turned into another band. Yes. And like, there's, yep. It's like any, it feels like this point in time at any given time is so like, it's it's there for so little time because then there's a flip and like, and everyone is doing something else. And there's so many creatives and they're trying different creative things. So it's never exactly the same. There's never the same scenes of these things, which is really cool. But yeah, Australia is such an amazing especially for photos and especially mm. outback australia i just there's so many cool places in outback australia that no one even knows about that they should go check out yeah definitely yeah for sure um have you been to like have you traveled much at all em like have you been to america have you been to europe like yeah i mean i've been i've been to europe i did like a six week trip there by myself when i was kind of just starting in photography mm-hmm. um and i've been to um la and palm springs but not very much of america yeah okay. um i think honestly i think the australia obsession with photos for me started from like a point of frustration where i was like i just want to go to america but i cannot afford it yeah. so i have to make do yeah and so i was like okay what can i afford like four hundred dollars okay i'll like sleep in cheap motels and drive up into the desert and then just until my money runs out because I, I like it goes a lot further here than if you're trying to fly to America Definitely. and travel around there oh for sure and the cool motels the cheap motels are the best places to stay anyway the cheaper the better yes the more character oh for sure yes yeah I definitely agree yeah um I think that's really cool again how it's like a theme through like throughout everything we've talked about where you're like you can't find something or you can't do something so you like you know make it happen or you you know like take it on yourself to create it and I think it's cool that you were like all right I'm gonna like you know I can't afford to to fly overseas because I think a lot of people are really looking for like excuses as well to not create like they you know like I mean like I do it myself like you're like oh well I could take those photos but like I don't have any locations like that here because I'm in Australia and I can't afford to go overseas or this or that or whatever like or you could maybe not be very successful in the wedding like industry and and be complaining that it's just traditional photography and that's all people want but like instead you really you know like you took it and you were like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna change this or I'm gonna make it available or like I'm gonna go look for that location and yeah like make it make it happen I think that's really cool thanks 
I honestly feel like it just comes from a place of stubbornness where I'm like, <laughs> I want to do this. So I'm going to find a way to do this. <laughs> Very stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I am um, like quite similar in that way for sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. So I wanted to, I have a listener question here um, from a, he's also a professional photographer. He goes by um, at analog townie on Instagram. His name is Travis. He's in Florida in America. He's, he's very, very lovely. I speak with him quite uh, regularly. He's a, like a uh, film photographer and he has kids. And I say to anybody who shoots film and has kids, like we will just always have something to talk about because those are like the two things yeah. in my life that take up like all my time. And absolutely. You know, yeah. They're like my two main things. Um, For sure. So he said, how do you separate your wedding photography with your personal work? And do they ever cross over in their themes? That's a really good question. Um, When I started doing wedding photography, I had the one Instagram where I was posting all of it and the one website. And then after a while, I was like, this is, this is crazy because they are Mm. so different. Like Mm -hmm. personal work is never going to look the same as work you're creating. That's personal for other people, like photos of other people for them. Mm -hmm. And as much as it's in my style and the way I want to do it, I'm very aware of what they want from it. So it can't be as creative. Like it's not, I don't have as much creative control as I do with personal work, obviously. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of just becoming messy because I was like, this is I like it's me, but it's not, it's not the same as as personal work is for me. Like, so I did split it. Um, and although they're alike, and I think you could probably put them up next to each other and tell that they're both done by me because it's this it's the same style. Um they are very different because one is yeah it's just not it's there's a lot more that goes into it than just my full creative control mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah I I think if you were to start in any other kind of photography and go into wedding photography it's always best to just do it in the same kind of style that you were like obviously taking everything else into account but in the same style that you take photos in because it's just what you know best and they there's a lot of um and I don't mean to like shit off the wedding industry, but there's a lot of people doing the same thing in the wedding yeah. industry. So if you yeah. can take it's in saturated, yeah, it is. And there's like, there's trends sometimes where like all of a sudden everyone wants tons of color. And then all of a sudden everyone wants really muted mm-hmm. earthy tones. And like, you just see it spread across and everyone yeah. changes their editing mm-hmm. style. Yep. So I think if you come from a different photography background, that's not in the wedding industry and you use that style and emulate that it'll work a lot better because you don't have to worry about following the trends because they just go too quickly. And yeah. it just, it's, you'll be more niche, which is always a good thing in the wedding industry. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's way better to, and, and way better for like, it's obviously better to stand out, but for somebody like you or me, who is, you know, like quite creative, like that's going to keep you going for longer yeah. too, because you're able to put more of your self into it. Um, because I've always viewed that's like, so true. Yeah. Like professional I've never done any sort of professional photography, but like, I do think about it. I think every hobby, hobbyist photographer has thought about, I wonder what it would be like if I was a professional photographer, you know, and if you think about it and I always think, oh, like I wouldn't like to be, yeah, like told what to do or not, I have to totally strip away all my style or what I, what my, to go against what yeah. my like eye is drawn to would feel really gross, you know, like if I was yeah, like, that's what you know, before. that's just how we see things. Yeah. Like you can't, 
it feels wrong to change it or to be told you have to change it. And I think that is really hard. And I, for a while, was doing fashion photography for companies, like bigger companies who would kind of have these, a lot of people on the street who would be telling you how to do everything. And you'd be like, I'm just a camera operator. Like I have no say, I'm pressing the button. Mm. And that's my whole job. Like it's everyone. And it's not, I think if you love the technical side of photography, you can survive that. But I think if you're not, like I'm, very untech kind of I guess yeah. like you were saying you are yeah, yeah, like yep, yep. <laughs> so I, I I there's no fun in just pressing buttons and working up technical settings for me like I I don't enjoy that part of yeah. it at all I really just use a camera as a tool I don't I don't love the camera um yes oh so, yeah same I feel like that too I feel so like that like I am yeah. so untech it's like unbelievable um and like yeah, like as easy as it can be like I just want like I'm always thinking about like the end product and the look of it yeah. and the feel of it and like everything on the other end of, but like never really about the camera. Like I'm not like my partner Absolutely. will be like, Oh, did you hear the shutter? And did you feel the like, you know, and all this stuff and it's all about the camera. And it's so weird to me. I'm like, I just like, I just find it still we've like, we've been together for so long, but the way he talks about photography is literally like completely opposite to me like we're interested in completely different aspects of it which is really interesting That's so interesting yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm on a whole nother level but when we come together it's really good like because then yeah, I need like help. the best of both yeah so he'll you've got the creative more. and he's got the technical yeah, yeah like perfect which is super handy yeah but yeah I mean I, I feel the same I just don't like I, I'm no, I don't watch gear like videos or like lists like I don't I don't know anything about my cameras until I have to and then I'm like yes. Oh, okay, I need to learn how to do this so that I can yeah. do the thing that I want. But yeah. I'm not just mm. there like I want to know all, all of the settings. Like I, yeah, I don't yeah. care as long as I'm taking photos that yeah. I like and think look good. I don't want to know any of the settings. Yeah, or you don't want to know anything like extra. Like my partner always wants to know like yeah. all the stuff, and then I say, oh, do I need to know that? Like, like when I use a camera, maybe I haven't used before. Like he'll buy it on marketplace and he'll research it, and then he'll give it to me, and he'll be like, okay, so, and then he tells me all this stuff, and I'm like do I need to know like all of that or like, and he's like, but just in case you wanted to, I'm like, just tell me like literally the basic things that I need to know yeah, just to take photos. And like, if something comes up, we'll, 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 we'll cover yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah. I think our brains work in the same way where it's like, until it, it needs to be mm. learned, there's no space in my brain to yes. learn it unless uh, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm completely full. Yeah. There's no space for it for sure. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. Kind of got that vibe from you in, I think it was another interview uh, that I was listening to you, with you and the you were talking about shooting Super 8 and the guy was asking you some stuff and you were like, oh, like, I don't really know. I just sort of got it out and shot it and, like, it came out good and, like, my it worked. So, and I was like, oh, that's so something I would say. Yeah. Like, I sort of just did it and it worked. So that's good. And I'll, like, leave it like that. Like, you know, and I Absolutely. love that. Yeah, I love that you're, <laughs> like, um, kind of going back to your article, how you're saying, like, you kept your work away from people until it was perfect and you thought that like these opportunities only went to certain people and like I always thought that too and I always thought that if you were like a wedding photographer or like shooting anything for anyone else you would obviously be a really technical person or you'd know everything because you're you know like that's just I've put that up on a pedestal like that like that's who that person is so I could never be that person so hearing you say this to me and like be like oh but like that's my job I have a business I have like an expo, like I do all this stuff, but I'm doing it my way. Like I love, like, yeah, you're feeding my, my, my non-technical side even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. 
yeah. I'm glad that you're non-tech like me because it's it's nice. I like to talk to people who don't understand the technical side of things too because I can't answer any technical questions. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, know any of it. Yeah, it's a very different uh, different kind of interest for sure, yeah. Um, in, in spite of saying that though, I am interested to know when you do shoot because you shoot on film for your uh, like elopements, do you have a film yeah. stock that you go to or? Yeah, I because I like to keep it all kind of very um, the same. I can't mm-hmm. think of the word. Yeah, like uni- I like uniform. The style to all... uniform but... Yeah, uniform. Thank I you. I, <laughs> um, I only use the one camera that I shoot on and I only use the one film stock and I tend to use, just use Kodak Gold. Um, yeah, nice. With a little 70s, 780 one that I have. And that just kind of feels like it's consistent. I think obviously if, if there's a wedding that's at night or something or mm-hmm. just isn't going to need a high, high ISO, I'll, I'll swap it out for something else. But yep. generally, if I can, I just use Kodak Gold. Yeah, awesome. I just like it. It's warm. Yep, it is. Yeah, yeah. It lives up to its name for sure. It's got like really nice like warmth to it. And yeah, that, that's really yeah. cool. Because I feel like a lot of people who shoot, like there's also this sort of like not a myth flying around, but I hear people say things like Portra is for professionals or, you know, professionals need to be what using Portra. And I'm like, oh, like, I hate when people say that because it makes it seem like the hobbyist people aren't allowed to shoot it, which is bullshit. Um, and then also why, like. it's more expensive? Is that why? It's like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's just the different aesthetics. It's like what we were talking about. It's just different styles and different tastes. But like if everyone's shooting on the on Portra and they're all shooting in a really professional, technical way, that again, their photos are all going to look the same. Like, I don't know, mix it up. Totally. <laughs> some cheap film. <laughs> Try Kodak Gold. Yes. Like $6 a roll. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I think like that goes to everything. Like if everybody's following the same thing, then everything's going to look the same. So, and that's how we get, yeah. we get differences. Yeah. When people like you are like, oh, I don't know, but I'm just going to do it anyway. So yeah. Awesome. Also though, film stock really... I think there are a lot of people who are very tech oriented who like mm. to talk about um, film stock and which ones are the good ones, but it's, it really doesn't play that much of a role, you know, like obviously there's some film stocks that are really, really niche and recognizable, but most of the time, I mean, I don't just see a photo and I'm like, this must be shot on Portra 800 or whatever. Like I don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Overrated I, thinking about it that much. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there's a few, like, I'm a really big fan of, um, like Ektar, um, which yeah. people say isn't good for skin tones, but that's also like debatable and it depends like who, who you're shooting. Yeah. But, um, but I like it for my sort of style and the weather here, like yeah. 100 ISO is normally really good. And I like the reds and it's very saturated and poppy and stuff like that. And I like that look. Um, and I can sort of, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you really, again, like I said, I'm not very technical. I wouldn't be able to tell exactly what every photo was taken on, but I feel like that is quite recognizable, um, and worth the sort of extra money because I like that for my style. But in saying that I am like so happy with like a brick of like color plus and just shoot color plus in whatever camera, like looks great. Love it awesome it's not as I mean no no film is as cheap as it used to be but like it's still cheaper than Portra so um yeah I think think it's kind of a bit too hypey sometimes yeah and when you have a distinctive style like you do I feel like it doesn't really matter I mean you can shoot on anything and you would be able to recognize it's your work so it's not like I think maybe if you were still finding your style 
sticking to like just portrait or something like that mm. so that it, there's at least some something uniform like we were talking about with kind of what I do with Kodak Gold. But if, if you your style's pretty established, you can probably mm. try some different things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they'll look different in terms of the color grading and everything, mm. but they're going to still look like your work, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And I think, like, um, it's it, there's a lot to be said as well with, I know a lot of people don't edit their film photos and people say, oh, you shouldn't do that. And there's, like, I mean, there's just arguments about literally everything, isn't there, because, like, the, of the internet. But um, you, there was a few videos yeah. on YouTube flying around at one point and somebody was sort of showing how you could make anything look like anything. So you can shoot like portrait and make it look like yeah. a star and like vice versa and then like all these other you things. You can shoot digital and make it look like look film like, now. Yeah, like, like you, can... You, you can literally just do anything. So it really then that sort of just takes it away because it's like, well, you know, like you, you, you can Why? do that in yeah. post. So you know, like it's just uh, a just, silly thing to argue about, I think, or worry about. Like I think yeah. the best film stock is the one that you, like they say the best camera is the one in your hand. I think they say that. That's a saying, I think. Yeah. Um, and I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I yeah. should probably know that. Um, but, yeah, like the same with the film stock. Like, you know, like yeah. uh, your work but shouldn't like, come to a halt because you can't get a film stock, you know. A Ford portrait or something. And, again, I mean it that just makes me want to do it more when they say, when people are like, you're not allowed to edit your film photos. Like oh that my just God. pushes me to want to Same. do it. Because if you're not doing that, why, why, why let someone try it? Like, yeah, no oh. one's doing that. So let's, let's just do that. A hundred percent. I'm so like you where when someone says something like, especially when someone's like, Oh, you can't like my partner does it a lot. Cause he's like, I've said, he's a lot more technical. He's a lot more kind of like, yeah, I guess like rule following I'd say. And he'll, yeah. He's like, oh, that's like not how you would do that. So then I instantly, my instant reaction is like, I want to do it. And I've always been like that. (laughs) Nightmare at school, like always just wanting to do the opposite of whatever the thing is. But absolutely, um. I think that's what makes us creatives too. (laughs) And creative photographers is, is that like, we can't follow rules. (laughs) We're not rule people. Yeah, totally. Because then you like find your own thing and you like carve it out for yourself. And yeah, I think that's what you've done, which is like, yeah, super, super cool. Um, okay. I'm going to move on to the speed round now. Um, don't feel like you have to answer like quickly. Really quickly. I know know it feels pressured. Um, okay. Speed round of sounds very intimidating. (laughs) Yes. I always get really worried when people do these, when I go on podcasts, because then I'm like, oh my God, what if they ask me something like I wasn't expecting? Um, but I think, yeah, no, mine are, mine are normally pretty fun. Um, okay. So David Bowie or Lou Reed? David Bowie. Okay. Definitely. I'm yep. a huge Bowie fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um I, I thought that you'd be a Bowie fan. Um I'm both I'm I, I'm a big Lou Reed fan as well, but I'd probably go with Bowie. I think he's like one of the most iconic, was one of the most iconic uh people For ever. Sure. And like uh, the way he yeah, just he's changed. Groundbreaking. Yeah, and he just like transformed all the time and changed himself so much, like with his look yeah. and his like like music and just everything. Like just being one Such of his creative. people yeah. would be like enough, but he just like Went above Did you hear the story about how he, before I read about how, before he was famous, he hired a photographer and a security guard to follow him around to make it look like he was famous. And people would be like, who is this guy? Like he's got paparazzi following him everywhere and a security guard. And it was a lie. Like he just hired them. So he looked like he was somebody <gasps> before he was, which is so really? cool. It's like totally fake it till you make it. I love that. Oh my God. No, I've never heard that story before. I feel like I've heard a yeah. lot of stories about him, um, but I've never heard that. That is super, super cool. I love stuff like that too. Like creating your own, yeah. like hype. And um, I love when yeah. 
when somebody gets really famous and then you hear something like that about them because it makes it seem like it, it really humanizes them and it makes it seem possible for you to maybe like do that as well. Like, you know, like you're like, oh, yeah, I can't imagine just- David Bowie having to do that because now yeah. he's such a name, you know? And it's just such a shameless, simple thing to do, but like he did it and it worked. Like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love, love Bowie. Um, okay. I feel like we've answered this, but I I, ha- I put it in there. Uh, Kodak Gold or Kodak Portra, obviously. Your gold. Gold all yep. the way. I'm yeah. a gold gal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Perth or Victoria? Oh, Victoria. I mean, I grew up in Perth, so I love yep. Perth, but mm-hmm. I've been here a long time now and I feel like I've really, I moved here as soon as I finished school. So I feel like I've really become like, Melbourne as that is become who I am now in in Melbourne yeah like it's shaped where I'm at and I'm happy for that I'm really yeah. being in Melbourne I love it here I hate the weather but I love it yes uh yeah, yeah. but there's a, there's a plenty to make up for the for the weather for sure like there's so much yeah going and people on. who go out when it's raining like no one's gonna go out in Perth if it's raining like yes people go out no matter what the weather is here which is I know nice. and the fashion in the winter is great Mm, yes that's also very true yeah same with here like because it's always sunny so um yeah yeah if it as soon as it's like overcast or like raining or whatever it's like oh like doom and gloom because we just and, and everybody's so like totally like you know what is going on because they just expect this like sunny weather all the time and I I do yeah. now as well because um yeah there's not as much going on what here, a luxury so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we are lucky um okay pub or wine bar Pub yeah. dive bar, I think, is yep. would be the place. Yeah, yeah. Maybe with like a, a, a rock band or something playing. And mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I thought you'd go that way. Um, other like more more so than the like more curated kind of like sophisticated wine bar type thing. I love a wine bar when I'm being a little fancy, but I'm not yep. usually being a little fancy. <laughs> <laughs> dive bar's my vibe. What would you pick? I don't know. It's really hard. Like I went out all the time when I lived in Melbourne um, and I worked in hospital. So always like everyone else I knew worked in hospital. So you'd be, you know, yeah. going to other people's bars or like, you know, restaurants yeah. and stuff like that. So I do love like wine bars and, um, and I like learned a lot about wine, like working in hospitality. So I got really into that. Yeah. So I'd want to say that. And I love like a lot of them look so beautiful as well. Um, and they have such a good vibe, but then I love like, the the pubs you know like I can think of like yeah. five pubs that I would frequent like you know and and just I'm just like oh they're so like a pub has such a a feel like a feel to it and it really does work yeah. and you know you go and you can like maybe play some pool or be in like the you know the courtyard or like I think I'd go that because yeah. it's more everyday like type not every day yeah. you shouldn't really be going to the pub every day but you know what I mean like it's more um <laughs> um wine bar is probably more like a sometimes thing so yeah I think I'd go pub yeah I think I totally agree with that yeah yeah um okay Dr Martens or Blundstones for like shoes Blundies for sure I, th- I <laughs> all of my friends have been saying me, to me for years sometime soon you're gonna buy a pair of docs because I've always been anti-docs and my mm-hmm. fashion is slowly moving in that direction mm-hmm. and now it's just become like a standing my ground thing where I really want a pair of dots, but I'm like, no, I said that I didn't like dots. So definitely blondies. Yeah. I thought that you'd pick, uh, you'd pick one stones, um, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that suits you and your like whole 
Australiana kind of vibe a lot more than Dr. Martin's. Um, but I'll be yeah. interested to see what the future brings and if you break and buy a pair of docs because they are also they're pretty, they're pretty cool. <laughs> they are. They're um, very Melbourne. Yeah, they are very, very Melbourne. Um, prepared trip or spontaneous trip? Ooh. I'm going to say spontaneous, but I lack a little planning. Like I like to do a little, usually what I do before I go on a I go on a trip. I'm not answering these, baby. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I, I never, I make it worse too because then I answer them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when I go, when I'm going somewhere I haven't been before, I go on Instagram and I search the location and check all the photos taken there so I can see all of the cool spots around mm-hmm. there. So I like a little bit of planning because I don't like to miss like a good op shop or like a yes. good yep. retro diner or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. somewhere between both. Yeah. Between both. That's 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 fine. I, I would probably agree so and be the same as well. Yep. Um Almost Famous or Empire Records, like the movies. Almost famous. My favorite movie. That's your favorite movie? Definitely. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I love yep. it. Yep. Yeah, it's very good. I haven't seen it in a long time, actually. I feel like I need to watch it again, but I watched it a lot it's as so a, good. A, a teenager. Was, Me too. I feel yeah. like it just kind of shapes being a teenager and and seeing what I think especially because we we grew up in different states that were quieter and had less of a music scene mm-hmm. you watch that and you're like where can I go where this happens everyone's going on tour and like partying and going to bands and like yeah. having an amazing time and yep. it yeah it shapes how you grow up and the things you want to do oh for sure as well yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. like um Penny Lane I was like oh like you know she looks so cool and I'd love to yeah, yeah for sure I did a lot of uh yeah, like watching that in my bedroom and making like mental notes of outfits and you know just... I think my my whole style is very influenced by Penny Lane for sure I have like six Penny Lane jackets yes yeah yep 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 I can definitely see that for sure uh, I do love Empire Records though I do remember watching that as well um and like loving Liv Tyler and um loving that but I think oh, I yeah, definitely liked Almost Famous more for sure it's like more yeah. classic I think yeah we got um, so many of these the same. I love it. Yeah, I know. All our answers. Yes, I know. <laughs> the yeah. same way. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really cool. It's nice. I feel like um, I don't have much of a social life anymore because I have a baby and it's so hard to like, yeah. you know, do things. So having the podcast yeah. is really nice because I get to have like a, you know, an hour and a half chat with somebody who I already have something in common with because they shoot film. Um, but this is yeah. like, you know, cherry on top with all these other uh all these other things yeah. as well it's very cool um so For the sure. Beatles or the Stones that's like the, the ultimate stones. the Stones wow you no, were like very quick one. to answer that yeah because I thought about this a lot before just in case anyone does ever ask you to know ah. so I'm glad that I had my moment <laughs> I love the Stones <laughs> yeah 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 I just feel like it's one of those questions that you have to always be ready you know yes. like in case it comes up because it's so controversial yep 100%. yeah yeah I love that you say that because I have thought about uh like I I've talked I say I think I said it's every episode but like I as a child like as a child and a teenager all I wanted to be with like I just wanted to be famous like yeah I mean like not in like a Kardashian way in like a vapid way but in like a cool kind of you know like I wanted to be you know like Courtney Love from like Hole and be like the front woman yeah. of the band or I wanted to be like um, amused for like a, a photographer or like just something like that like yeah. something creative but I wasn't really I did, kind of wasn't willing to like put in the work to do something to get to get the fame I yeah. kind of just wanted to be famous so yeah which is really bad <laughs> um, no. so I spent my whole 
teenage years, like really dreaming things up in my bedroom. And cause we, we, like yeah. you're saying, you, you grew up in Perth. I grew up on the Gold Coast. Everyone was at the beach. Like everyone was blonde and tanned and, yeah. you know, and I was like kind of a bit of like a goth sort of kid, like when I was younger or like just very like on that. the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't like, yeah. So it, movies and music and stuff were like my like escape and, and my, yeah, like I would dream up all these like scenarios and, and moving to somewhere like Melbourne was such a dream because there's so many people that like the same things as, as you. Um, but like that kind of never really yeah. came to fruition. Like all the things I had in my head never really happened, but weirdly, since I've moved back to the Gold Coast, like it kind of is like my creativity has been boosted through moving to the Gold Coast and having a baby, which were literally the two things I probably would have thought if you told me that five years ago, I would be like, oh my God, no, that's going to like kill everything. <laughs> like in terms yeah. of like my creativity, but it's actually weirdly just like boosted it. And like, I have so much more like confidence and I'm so much more proactive. That's so like- inspiring to hear. Cause I think a lot of people think when you have kids, you can't continue a creative, like you're not going to have time to, cause that's the thing. You need a lot yeah. of time to sit with your thoughts, to come up with mm. creative ideas, but you're doing it. Like that's really cool. Yeah. It's kind of weird that I waited till now. Cause I have no time. And then I think back to all the time I had when I was just sitting around, yeah. like, you know, watching movies or doing when I could have done something, but I wasn't. So I really yeah. needed that like push to like have no time to then be like, okay, now I'm under the pump. So now I can make it happen sort of thing. So it's weird how things work out. But what I was trying to get at a really like long way around was that I love that you've thought about somebody asking you the question of the Beatles or the Stones before. Cause like, I would always do that. Like, I would be like, what would I say in my interview? Or, you know, like when I was like a teenager, like, what would I say in my magazine? Um, You know, like when I'm on the cover of like whatever, or yeah. Like what would my band poster look like? I did the exact same. (laughs) I literally, anytime in like the early days of my career, something bad would happen. I'd be like, it's okay. This is a story for Ellen. Like before Ellen was cancelled, but I was like, this is what I'm going to tell on Ellen. And every time it like got me through and I would just imagine that and it like was it was the best. I was like, don't forget this. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Yeah. So when you said that, I was like, oh, I've definitely got all those stored in my mind as well, ready for like, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Beatles okay. or the Stones is such a like, you know, like controversial, like Devices, polarizing yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, but I can definitely see you choosing the stones, like the whole vibe and everything for sure. Um Okay, I have one more. Uh, flares or straight leg jeans? Flares. Yeah, okay. I'm, the, I'm wearing flares oh, you, right you, now. You I'm your, always wearing oh. flares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flares are awesome. That too easy. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I feel like we, yeah, we got we got through that fairly, fairly quickly. Um, do you have anything else that's going on at the moment, Em, that you want to, like, share with the audience? Like, anything ca- coming up um, that you're working on or, sorry, I've just put you on I'm the spot. I'm kind of. I'm having like, I think because I've been so busy, I'm having like a little bit of a creative break where I'm just kind of mm-hmm. letting things, letting ideas come up and then following them, but not putting mm-hmm. much thought into planning or the end result. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't right now, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, for kind sure. Of just, I don't know which way things are going to go. Nothing. I don't really have deadlines right now, which is great. So yeah, that's a nice feeling. Really. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as you were saying, you've been like, kind of burnt out and I think that can happen really really easily when you're creative or you're trying to do like lots of things and trying to execute a lot of ideas so it's good to just have some time to yourself and just be just be like 
especially for personal work too, I feel like because it's the wedding season has been crazy. And then mm-hmm. I've also been doing events on the side. Mm-hmm. And then a friend said to me a while ago, like, what, what are you working on personally? Like just for you. And I was like, I actually don't know. Like I haven't mm-hmm. been, so I'm kind of excited to sit with that and work out where I actually want to go next with a personal project that no one has to see, or maybe they will, but who knows, like mm. with no pressure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to stay in some quiet for a bit and just chill and think on that. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was like, so thank you so much. This so nice. Fun. Yeah. It's been so interesting, like learning a little bit more about you and um, yeah, like I feel like I was just chatting with like a friend or something which is always awesome like in an, Absolutely. When an interview, like feels like that it doesn't feel like an interview you know so yeah 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 it's been so great yeah. great questions <laughs> oh I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that you I'm glad you enjoyed um where can people find you if they want to say hello to you um, or want to connect with you what's the best spot for them to come over um, to um I'm probably most active on Instagram which is at mjensencreative and my website is mjensencreative.com Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I will link everything in the show notes below and um, I will speak to you soon. Em, thank you for coming on. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate everybody who tunes into the podcast and um, I appreciate you spending your time with me. So glad that I got to talk to Em. She aligns with me so much and I really admire her innovative take on wedding and elopement photography. And I think hearing her story and the attitude that she has is just super inspiring to just put yourself out there and follow the beat of your own drum. Huge thanks to Em for coming on the podcast. Um, If you do enjoy the show, please rate and review. It really helps the podcast to get found by more uh, photography lovers. And I do read all of the reviews and they just warm my heart. So if you have time, um, just give me a, a rating or a review. It would really help. Thank you so much. And if you want to support me further in my content creation journey on YouTube and with the podcast, um, you can join me on Patreon. The link is down below in the show notes. And by joining up for $3 a month, you get the podcast two days early. So you'll be able to listen to it before it goes out on all of the public platforms. So that is below. Um, But thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my wonderful audience. I love the film community so much and I enjoy connecting with you all. I've been getting some really nice messages on Instagram lately and the response to the show that Matt and I are doing um, Analog Hour on YouTube has been overwhelmingly positive and I am so looking forward to the next one. So I'll see you guys in the uh, next Lucy adventure. Take care. Bye. Bye.